Greetings, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Thank you for joining me again today on the chapter they journey. We're still back at the beginning in the book of Genesis, and today's chapter is monumental in the great story. Genesis chapter 3. And I pulled out verse 15 this morning. It says, And I will put enmity between you, serpent, and the woman. Today's podcast is entitled, Entering a World of Pain. A number of years ago, I was asked to speak to a chapel service at our local Christian high school, and I was asked specifically to talk about pornography, as I have been very open about my own story of being exposed to it at a young age and the addictive struggles that it grew into. I thought it went well. One of the teachers commented afterwards that it would forever be remembered as the first time the word masturbation was uttered in a chapel service. Come to think of it, I've never been invited back. Anyway, one of the things I talked about in that message was the basic spiritual implications of pornography that are rooted in today's chapter and what theologians call the fall. Adam and Eve are good, innocent, streaking around the Garden of Eden, naked, without thought or care. Then the evil one enters, and we get the first glimpse of what has become his well-worn playbook. I blogged about that just last week. First, get them to question what God has said. Did God really say? Second, deny, minimize, and diminish the consequences. You will not certainly die. Third, make God out to be the bad guy and the killjoy. For God knows that when you eat of it. Fourth, make the false promise of power, independence, and freedom. Your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Eve is then enticed by the unholy trinity of temptation. First, the lust of the flesh. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food. Second, the lust of the eyes and pleasing to the eye. And third, the pride of life and desirable for gaining wisdom. Now note, you might want to cross-reference this with 1 John 2.15. And by the way, the three temptations that the evil one used on Jesus were basically the exact same. Flesh, eyes, pride tactic. Again, it's a well-worn playbook. Now, the consequences of disobedience was immediate and organic. Shame replaced innocence. Relationship was broken. Then God arrives and pronounces to Adam and Eve that they are entering a world of pain and eventually death. For the man, it means the pain of labor to survive in a dog-eat-dog world of never-ending obstacles. For the woman, it means pain in childbirth and a constant struggle against subjugation and misogyny. For the evil one, God announces that there will be a unique enmity, hatred between him and the woman, and makes the prophetic pronouncement that one day it will be the woman's offspring who will, quote, crush your head. End quote. Which brings me back to the chapel service several years ago. Rather than approaching 
the subject of pornography from the usual surface level and shaming arguments of purity culture, I opted to approach it from the depths of the overarching spiritual conflict of good and evil, God and anti-God, that began in today's chapter. As I have progressed in my spiritual journey and have been surrounded by women, make sure that you listen to yesterday's podcast, the more acutely I have observed this unique enmity, hatred, that God pronounces between the evil one and the woman. The evil one, once the most beautiful of God's angels, hates, and dare I say envies, the woman for her unique beauty in the image of God. The evil one, hating the life that God creates, hates the woman for being the one through whom human life perpetuates. And so the evil one embraces his hatred of the woman. And I imagine him saying to himself, let me take the woman in all of her beauty, strength, complexity, and purpose and reduce her to a simple two-dimensional object of optical and sexual lust. I might even convince her that doing so will give her power, even freedom. Let me take the act which produces and perpetuates God's gift of life and transform it into empty yet addictive pleasure for profit, which produces shame, grows ever more violent, painful, and degrading, and actually diminishes the perpetuation of life while subverting God's natural order. And let me once again offer the woman the opportunity to be like God. This time, I will give her the power and freedom to pronounce that the life inside her is not really life at all. In her desire for pleasure, power, independence, and freedom, God's unique and beautiful vessel of life shall become my agent of death. A few weeks ago on my Wayfarer Weekend podcast, I asked my guest, Dr. Bob Laurent, what some of the meta-themes he's observed in his life journey as he approaches his mid-70s and goes into the home stretch here on earth. He commented that we shouldn't be surprised by the world descending into confusion and chaos because that's exactly what the great story says will happen. The prince of this world, the evil one, is still at work here as he was in the garden to turn and to twist and to transform God's love into hatred, God's joy into depression, God's peace into conflict, God's patience into demand that everything be fast and immediate, God's kindness into meanness and antagonism, God's goodness into evil, God's gentleness into raw destructive power, God's faithfulness into rejection, God's self-control into insatiable lust for every appetite, God's order into chaos, God's oneness into division, God's life into death. The sage of Ecclesiastes reminds me that while things rapidly change on the surface, at the spiritual root of all things, there's absolutely nothing new under the sun. Have a great day, my friend. We'll see you back here tomorrow.